All right. Hello and welcome to another episode of the, I'm sorry, not the, just VR download. We have eliminated the the just for uh, expedience. Uh, I'm your host, Kyle. And today here with me is... Hi, Ian Hamilton. We've had some fun setting up today because uh, I, unfortunately, I got a new pad (laughs) here, a new tablet. I accidentally ordered the Australian version, and so all of my notes are upside down. So I will be reading all of my news notes uh, as good as I can while it's upside down. So feel free, Ian, to laugh. It's hysterical to me. It's not the worst bug we've had in the studio, though. No, no, not at all. But it is definitely going to be a fun challenge. I think this is just uh, Heaney, who's built the Upload Virtual Studios. I think he's just messing with me. I think he's pranking me with this. Uh, So Ian will have to man the chat. So if you're watching live on YouTube right now, welcome. Hi. Uh, I guess let's go ahead and try to get into this very, very backwards news. Um, It's not really backwards. It's upside down. So (laughs) we'll see (laughs) how this goes. All right. News piece number one. HTC's VR facial tracker works on Quest and Index with a little DIY magic. People are already getting HTC's new VR facial tracker to work on Quest and Index with a little DIY. You know, Ian... um, you know the idea of uh, DIY. I mean, VR has been kind of thriving on that since its very, very early days. I mean, even the first Rift itself was very DIY. Um, what What do we think of this process that people have come up with? Yeah, it's interesting. The I noticed Shen over there at HTC gave this warning note that they can only really make sure the experience is good on the Vive Pro because they calibrated their machine learning training for that headset's position. So there's a very good likelihood that if you hook this up to another headset, it's not going to, your performance is not going to be the same as uh, the main Vive Pro headset that it's calibrated for. So we'll kind of see. We, we haven't gotten our hands on one of these ourselves just yet. We've uh, reached out to HTC to try to get our hands on one, but we haven't just yet. Uh, but as soon as we do, we'll definitely put this through its paces on the different headsets. So so what exactly is happening with this hardware? Because it feels like it's not just hardware that's needed, but it's also the software to read the the messages coming from this device. I mean, it's it's a glorified camera sensor, whatever, that's translating all of the movements into something that is re- reasonably understandable from the headset. Uh, wh- where does the mojo happen? Do we really know? Yeah, I'm not sure, actually. I I remember I kind of like turn my brain off on some of these DIY situations because they're just it's such a small percentage of people out there that are actually going to go through the steps to to activate this stuff. I remember uh, Jamie did that article about using the index controllers with the reverb generation two so you get the best possible visuals with inside out tracking and then you also get the index controllers. And it's like, what, is, is maybe a couple dozen people, hundred, couple hundred people worldwide are actually going to go through the steps to actually do that, even though it is technically the best VR experience you can get in, in VR in this year. So uh, 
I imagine, yeah, you're going to have to probably involve a PC in this process uh, if you're trying to do it on a Quest. But, I mean, who, who wants to do that if if you're really going to have to go through those steps? You know, I'm a big fan of the DIY stuff. I mean, I for for almost my whole life, I have wanted to try to get hardware to do things it's not supposed to do. And yeah. so I am a huge fan of the DIY stuff. Um, I, I, I still come back to that. Uh, you know, that, that concept of, you know, how it's actually working, what software is necessary. Do the actual apps need to have a specific, uh, you know, developer kit or something in, in installed, or is it part of the steam VR, uh, plugin? You know, I, these are all things I'm very curious about. Um, you know, and, and actually when you say about the DIY stuff, think about how many people have actually done FrankenQuest. I mean, I've got, That's right. You know, I mean, that that was a pretty big deal because it was it was something that was, in many people's opinions, horribly lacking in some of the other headsets. And so they have found a way to, you know, blend concepts. So I, so I think there's some validity to this. I got sent a uh, a Steam link or a, a Steam code recently and uh, that was recommended by the developer. Use this on index. Uh and my index was sitting in a box. I have not broken my index out of its box in like mm, six or nine months. Mm. And I, I I went through this whole process just at war with myself of like, oh, do I got I'm gonna do I have to set up two base stations? Are both mm. the controllers plugged in? Am I really gonna pull my PC out and plug uh, a USB cord and a DisplayPort cord into the back of my PC? And then also run that to power. Like, I just was like, I love this thing. It's the most comfortable headset, but I still didn't want to go through all those extra steps to to, to plug all that extra in. And with this DIY stuff, it's always a lot of messing around and hours spent, kind of like trial and erroring. Uh, that's now that's one thing. What you said about the FrankenQuest is spot on. Like the comfort, you need to get the comfort. It, anyone will do you'll jump through a lot of hoops for a more comfortable experience on an ongoing mm-hmm. basis yeah yeah I, i'm I looking at these comments that. here yeah there's a really funny comment here um that uh someone says couldn't he just rotate it upside down and Heaney replied it wouldn't be a good troll if i let him fix it that easy <laughs> thanks Heaney. thanks i appreciate it yes yeah no i i've already tried to it seems to be fixed in space so i guess i'm stuck with it um yeah you know i i really feel you though ian on the um on having the lighthouse boxes and everything now i am in my vr dungeon as i call it and i've got the devices up in the corners over here and over here and uh they haven't been plugged in probably in i don't know a couple months because uh, I've had to steal the plugs for other things to plug in. I, I haven't used any Lighthouse headsets in probably, I, I would say, three months. I mean, mm-hmm. how often do you really use your Lighthouse boxes? No, it, yeah, it was interesting. Like I, I've kind of recorded this on my Twitter feed where I keep talking about it. When In 2019, when Index came out, there was a battle between going back and forth between my quest and my index. Like I would go for long periods where I don't even want to pick up the quest because it feels like such a big brick on my face. 
And then I'd go periods where like new three new games came out for Quest, and I really wouldn't want to go back to using the index for a long time. And then mm-hmm. by 2020, I started using Quest a lot more. And now 2021, it's Quest 2 almost all the time. And I've got a Reverb G2 that I can use, and I've got Index I can use. And it's just not convenient for the type of work that we do. That's that's not representative of like, if you're a flight simulator person, if you want to go into flight simulator mm-hmm. and you've got the graphics card for it, you're going to go for the best fidelity experience you've got. And it's not a big issue to like just set this up once and go for it. But like we've got, we get codes coming in from all different stores and every different experience. It's just, oh, here's this quest that I can use standalone or I can plug in with a simple USB cable. Mm-hmm. And still get a pretty decent experience out of something. So it's it's definitely not representative of what the users out there are going to experience. But for me, yeah, I'm, I'm almost all Quest all the time these days. Yeah, even like last night I spent uh, quite a number of hours uh, in my Quest uh, just going through some things. And I was using virtual desktop. And I was very tempted to... Uh, you know, hit the Steam VR, pop that open, see what kind of great little streaming mechanisms that I can get out of that. Um, but like you said, when I want that type of fidelity, uh, I'm going to use, uh, I'm going to plug it in with a link uh, on a beefy computer where I can get the good graphics and everything. You know, stream. I'm not going to try to stream Alex over Wi-Fi from a, a, a computer to my Quest and then try to have a good experience. I'm just not going to... I'm not saying I wouldn't do that. I'm just saying I would prefer not to. That's that Steam VR setup experience is starting to look more and more ancient as time goes on too. Like I, I set up the boxes for the index, sat down in my chair, and my uh, location was about like nine feet below the floor of the Steam VR room. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I, I got to go back and do the whole room setup again and calibrate where the floor is and tell it where my seating is. And I just it's. And I have to do all of that outside the headset, and that's night and day compared to putting on a quest. And yeah, it's it's annoying when I have to go and set up my quest almost in each. Like I've I've had this glitch, and I know our, our team has had this glitch where you, it almost like every time you put on the quest head, the quest headset, you've got to set up the room again. And like, yeah, that's annoying, but that's still less annoying than having to put the headset off and do this whole process where you're going back and forth. Uh, to the headset, to the PC, and doing things on the PC to select the next step of the setup process. They really need yeah. to make that setup process easier in SteamVR. I want to say yeah. hi to Nathan, um, Agent83, Gregs. we got people watching us all over the world. Thank you all for tuning in. Smashed, of course. Thank you all for tuning in. Great. Awesome. Well, hey, let's move on to the next piece of news. If you're just joining us, uh, my notes are upside down. And so bear with me as I try to uh, exercise a part of my brain that, uh, you know, just reading things upside down is not a skill that you quite frequently practice, even though most of us can do it. So let's see what the next piece of news is. Looks like PS5 VR controllers. Ah, that's right. Revealed by Sony, finger detection and more. Sony has officially revealed new PS5 VR controllers with plenty of new features, including finger detection and inside out tracking. 
boy, I'll tell you what, Ian, the thing that I found to be the most intriguing part of this news is the inside out tracking. Now, I saw uh, somebody posted, you know, the 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 move camera strapped to the top of the PSVR. And I was like, that's clever. Whoever did that, that's really funny. Um, But what does this mean exactly? I mean, inside out tracking from the headset, uh, how does that change our perspective of what we think the PSVR 2 is going to look like? Well, you know, Jamie has written an editorial out there and he's kind of walked, uh, I think it's an editorial. He may have just written it as a normal sort of analysis piece. But the idea is that we could have two models of, of next generation PlayStation VR coming. There could be a wired one that is perhaps low cost and then a wireless one that has more packed in hardware wise to make it have a wireless link to your uh, PlayStation system. So it's, it's possible that we could still have a wireless uh, PlayStation next generation VR headset. Uh, and they just haven't announced the wireless version yet. They've only been very clear that it's a single wire for the wired version. Uh, both of those systems could be tracked via inside-out tracking. So it could have multiple cameras on either headset and and track inside-out that way. Um, these controllers look great. The thing, uh, the fact that it includes the haptics, it's probably going to have the resistive buttons. So when you pull the trigger, sometimes the trigger pushes back at you. And so if you're pulling back a bow, Maybe you get a little bit more tension as you're pulling back that bow, and you actually feel that much more like you're pulling back a real-life bow. And obviously, bows can already do incredible things. Like the, if you go back to the lab from 2016 and the incredible haptics they could do with the Vive wands with pulling back a bow were just a phenomenal sense of uh, giving you that feeling of pulling back a bow. But it could be just that much more. Imagine like actually feeling the the controller getting a little resistant on you as you're as you're pulling this back it could be phenomenal um the thing that kind of got me really excited was i just turned on my playstation 5 and i saw this image on my tv in the playstation 5 home screen because mm. sony is promoting it and i think that's kind of like the ultimate takeaway here is that if you wanted to get into next generation vr Here's Sony telling you, you don't have to get into Facebook right now. You can wait and we'll be ready for you. Hmm. What do you think of this design? I mean, obviously, the, um, you know, you, there's going to be some form of uh, IR trackers here that are facing the camera, which I think is actually very clever. Um, and the idea that it goes up your arm a bit to where your wrist is, it, it almost feels like from a rotation perspective that that might actually add some level of, I don't know, like a joint almost. Mm, I was thinking I they almost look like boxing gloves to me. And I feel like my hands are going to be pretty protected punching around in these things. Like I feel like the tracking rings on a lot of these still expose your hand in various configurations. And I guess mm-hmm. the these fingers are still a little exposed. But I don't know if they're gonna if you hit a wall or something if they're still gonna get past this tracking ring here. I don't know. I wonder. I, yeah. You know, one of the things that I find fun uh, when I when I think back to when we first got our Wii, our Nintendo Wii, was that there were so many different 
attachments that you could get uh, for the different controllers and stuff. And I'm wondering if this is intentional to like you could put a boxing glove over it or you could mm. put a, a you know a, a jousting i don't know that's that's ridiculous well, there's, there's yeah, probably lights inside here so i doubt there's going to be something but heaney did point out something heaney do you have the other image of the USB-C uh plugs on the bottom oh, of these things yeah i see that he pointed this out that it looks he thinks it's like almost a no-brainer that there's probably going to be a dock mm. That you put these things into. You just slide hmm. them right into a dock and they'll both be charging because of the position of the USB-C plugs on these things. Um, I got the – so uh, uh, what's the company's name? Um, Anchor. Anchor sent me one of their uh, charging docks. Oh. So I've been evaluating that and getting and trying out that dock. And what it – for the Oculus Quest 2, what it includes is this little magnetic piece – that you plug into the USB-C port of the Oculus Quest 2, and then uh, you pull off the battery covers on each of the controllers and insert this special battery that Anchor has, and it charges up that battery. And so all three of these pieces just sit right onto the dock and automatically charge, and I've got a fully charged, ready-to-go controllers, ready-to-go headset at any given moment. And if Sony doesn't match that by the time this comes out with some kind of a charging dock, I would be pretty disappointed. Man, that's, uh, you know, how often do you really use your, yeah, yeah, I definitely see that. How often do you really use your controllers nowadays with the hand tracking on the Quest? Yeah, I think uh, I'm as each of these new apps for hand tracking comes out, there there's more and more every day. Obviously, I'm a little, I think we're a little ahead of the curve here with our studio, where I love using this studio without controllers. Mm -hmm. And we have guests come into our studio for interviews these days. And I've noticed a fair number of our guests come in with the controllers in their hands just because they kind of expect. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, they kind of expect that you're going to have to use the controllers. But again and again and again, because I'm using this studio, uh, I leave the controllers. down i you know i don't like using the controllers very often um and i've got you know i've got more apps in my previews uh listed that are just they're phenomenal we've got we got that article up about the cubism update that's got hand tracking and i'm I'm trying a couple things out one thing that i can't talk about just yet that just the hand tracking is getting really really good and i'm noticing other devs you know oculus has reserved uh this pinch gesture when you're pointed at your face for the Oculus menu, and then this gesture on this finger for uh, another sort of menu button. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's other gestures you can do with your fingers. And as soon as developers start accessing those other gestures, you know, there's obviously the app, uh, the first steps one where you can kind of like do this for a gun uh, in the midair. And it's terrible. It's a terrible gesture. (laughs) Like it's not recognized very well. Like there's still other things that devs can do uh, with just hand tracking. It's getting really good. You know, I wonder how good IR is that, uh, or, or just the finger tracking in general. I'm thinking about it from both the controller perspective and from hand tracking perspective. If you had a clear gun, would that help? Would you be able Mm. to do that? You know, would it still be able to track the fingers if it was clear? 
Interesting idea. That's I don't know. A little plastic clear gun. Hmm. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? But yeah, the um, the, the idea of finger tracking, it's, uh, it has definitely changed our lives. But yeah, I don't use my con- – my controllers aren't even in my room. In the room that I'm sitting in right now, they're upstairs somewhere. Uh, I haven't used the controllers. Now, I did find that last night when I was in virtual desktop uh, wanting a controller. Uh, I actually turned the hand tracking off. Uh, I was watching uh, Hulu on my desktop computer because it was logged in and I knew right where I could pick up and I opened it up. And next thing I know, uh, every time I just moved a little bit, virtual desktop was like, oh, 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 are you trying to interact with the screen? I'm like, no, 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 no. I had to turn that off. So, you know, it, it, it's it's a thing. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I want to I want to talk about how like uh, – each generation of VR headset that we get, we kind of believe is going to be the mainstream VR headset. Uh, I remember if we go back and read our article on the 2018 Oculus Go, that thing looked like it was meant for mainstream VR. And in retrospect, $200 with 3 off was not it. We had to get 6 off in there because it's that much more comfortable. And even now in 2021 with the Quest 2, I have put Quest 2 on a bunch of people, and I've even started putting them in hand-tracking experiences now. Like, my my go-to was BOGO. I loved using BOGO for first-timers, where you could say, okay, hey, you, need, you can actually lean forward and pet BOGO with your hands and teaching them that they can walk over and do that. BOGO obviously doesn't support hand-tracking yet. And so I've installed that App Lab version of First Steps so that people can just use their hands for hand-tracking and try out all the various things but if you watch first timers doing that app lab first steps it's still pretty crummy like they're still like doing things that aren't responsive and you don't want your first time experience for a new vr user to 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 be that now Mm -hmm. when i can put a headset on a person for the first time and they their mind is simply blown just by hand tracking and everything they do around them actually works that's going to be the mainstream VR headset. And I think, I think we're this close. You know, we need to improve the cameras. I'm seeing people in the commenters saying that they want to see color pass through out of the Sony, out of the Sony headset. And yeah. I completely agree. We really need yeah. to get to color pass through. Mm-hmm. Color pass through is a big deal. Whoever hits that out of the park first try is going to definitely gain some, uh, some traction there. All right. Are we ready to move on to the next piece of news, Ian? Or do we have any comments? Sharing, saying hi to Paradise Decay, Andrew. um, Lots of people talking amongst themselves. Yeah. Do you think Andrew saying? Do you think Apple have that mainstream experience? I think they will. I I think that's what Apple's trying for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody doesn't beat them to the punch, Apple will be the first one with the pass through color pass through. With the yeah. Yeah. That's what Heaney and I are debating whether Facebook's going to try another headset by the end of the year. Uh, Heaney, I think Heaney's in the camp where we're probably a little ways away from a new headset, but maybe it's a different mm. product line that Facebook launches that isn't called a Quest, and it's you know something, something like the Go, a little bit like the Quest, something in between, and a whole new name. You I know what I Facebook, am? Af- yeah, I think Facebook wants to be aggressive. I'm afraid. I am very, very afraid because just just on that point, real quick, if if Facebook even announces a new headset before November, before Thanksgiving, 
you're going to completely ruin Chris, Christmas holiday, winter holiday purchases for the Quest 2 and whatever remnants are left over of the Quest 1 refurbs and stuff. If they announce something that's going to come out in February or March that they're not actually, but they got to get it announced before the end of the year, I have a feeling that'll really, that could kill some sales. No, if they so, if they don't if they yeah. can't ship it before the end of the year, I think they'll keep it until next year. But and obviously if that's the other seen, element of this. There's a yeah. weird chip shortage right now that's making oh, it really that's difficult true. for people to to ship new products. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows? But I I don't think it would behoove them to get a new product out until first quarter next year. Uh, I and really just don't think there will be. Index does have color pass through, but the software isn't quite up up to par just yet with that pass through experience. They, mm. you know, it's okay, but like, it's kind of a pretty, it's a bad experience. Like the menu and stuff is not, it's not great with that. You know, yet. I it, confession time. I've never tried the index. I have never been at a show where it was available for me to see it. Uh, I did not get one sent to me, nor did I justify the cost of getting it. Uh, so I did not even know that it had color pass through. That's how ignorant I am on that. It, that's, it got that's added. It was, yeah, it got added pretty, pretty far after I think launch and it Man. just, it needs a great software experience with it. And that software experience isn't quite where you, I mean, on on Quest, we can now bring our couches into VR, and there's nothing like that yet, really. Uh, I think you can have your I think you can have your room as your barrier in a in an index, but it's still the software is a little weird. I was messing hmm. with menus, and I could somehow see my outline. It's nice. I, I'm not gonna lie, I like it. It's just it's one of those things that the Quest software is just far beyond where everyone else is right now yeah but i mean it still has its challenges as well so plenty of room for growth for every company indeed all right well let's move on to the next piece of news facebook research on wrist-based hand tracking and haptics facebook shared some of its research on wrist-mounted devices for high fidelity neural finger tracking and haptic feedback. Well, that was a hard sentence to read upside down. Um, (laughs) So I've seen things like this before. Like uh, just to give everybody a little primer on how this works, it reads the sensory coming from your wrist, the electrical impulses, and it it can even detect you want to move your finger before you even move your finger, which is really cool. But this is not the first time I've seen this kind of technology. I remember I don't know, five or six years ago, there was like a, wasn't it called like the Mio or something like that? It was a, a an yeah. armband. Yep. Uh, this It's not a new idea. And I think the, the thing that gets me uh, that's really interesting to me about this. So I've got some quotes written down here in my notes from uh, Heaney's article about this, where he sat with Facebook in a round table and got some of this info. So I'll read out some of this info that we've got in the article, but I find it interesting that we did a, a briefing with Facebook about six months ago with Michael Abrash in the room. And they were talking about the audio experience and how Facebook was going to get very serious about audio uh, in AR and VR. And they were describing 
perceptual superpowers, the ability to hear a person across the room, or rather, if you're in a very, very loud room, to tune everyone else out except the people who are talking directly to you. Uh, you combine that with this, which is the two briefings Facebook has more or less given press in a very broad way. And what you've got are Facebook saying, we're interested in earbuds and we're interested in watches. And it's you've got a very clear sign here that Facebook is saying, we're actually interested in all the same devices that Apple is interested in. We think that there's products down the line that uh, we need to be building that Apple is already building. And I, I think that's implied by a lot of this research that Facebook is doing. And Facebook has to overcome this creep factor that everyone is weirded out that Facebook is making these devices that Apple doesn't have that same battle. Like, you know, a lot of people trust Apple when they don't trust Facebook. And I think that's part of the reason why a lot of this research is being talked about ahead of actually doing the product launches that are probably a year or two down the line for these types of products. So glasses, watches, earbuds, Apple's working on them, Facebook's working on them, and they're going to be competing. They're going to be competing product lines if they aren't already. I, I feel like the idea of a watch as a controller is not new. I think we've discussed the possibility of, you know, Apple could take the iWatch and turn it into some form of controller or whatever, have little sensors that shoot out the back of it and m m remembers where your hand I don't know. But uh, if they're going to try to convert this thing that they've built, uh, this right here, it looks like an iPod Nano on top of something that my sister would have worn in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't know. OK, so you wear a watch, but you have two hands. So are we going to someday see people walking around with two devices, on one on each like wrist? So the next time you see somebody with two watches on, they're not crazy. They're just ahead of you, technologically speaking. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good point. I, I wonder how often, uh, it, depending on the sensors on the devices themselves, whether you could get away with your offhand being inferred most of the time, but your main hand being really dexterous. So uh, since I, if I'm left-handed, I'm left-handed, uh, I would put it weird on my left hand and have really, really good tracking on this hand. But I could just deal with like maybe optical tracking or, or you know, so-so tracking over on this hand because it's so focused on getting everything right with the main hand I use. Um, hmm. But then again, typing on a virtual keyboard, that's, right. you know, if, if I want to use this as a replacement for a $100 uh, accessory and actually type on any surface around me, I will probably need it on both hands. I want to uh, respond to Big Show's comment. I think Heaney responded to it in our comments, but Big Show, thank you for the donation. And asked if Quest Pro or a Quest 3 comes out this year, what chip do you think it will use? I say the Snapdragon that matches an Apple MX, M1X chip. Heaney is saying, I think it's incredibly unlikely that we'll see a Quest 3 this year, but if it did, it would use the Snapdragon 888 to be an improvement. Now that's uh, Qualcomm, of course, said if we see an XR2, uh, a new XR2, they'll call it an XR2 Revision 2, not like an XR3. 
And mm-hmm. uh, I think it's going to be really hard for anyone else to match the performance that Apple is getting out of its chips because they've been working so hard for so long to uh, make chips that perform really f- at specific tasks really, 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 really well and uh, don't drain a lot of power. And that's going to be Apple's. We've talked about this before. It's going to be one of Apple's advantages for a long time. Um, let me go to some of these notes I've got of, of these quotes from this article that Heaney wrote. Um, we have this is Facebook talking. Quote: We have tried. I'll do my quote fingers here. We have tried tons of virtual interactions in both VR and AR with both the vibration and squeeze haptic capabilities of TASB. So there's a, a TASB stands for tactical and squeeze bracelet interface this includes simple things like push turn and pull buttons feeling textures and moving virtual objects in space we've also tried more exotic examples things like climbing a ladder or using a bow and arrow we tested to see if the vibration and squeeze feedback of tasby on your wrist could make it feel like you're naturally interacting with these objects. Amazingly, due to sensory substitution, where your body combines the various multisensory information, the answer can be yes. Oh my. So Facebook is claiming that from this wrist, and because of the the sensations that they supply you at your wrist, your brain will accept it, that you're actually doing things with your fingertips. That's pretty That's big. amazing. That's amazing. And also, uh, Tasby sounds like a great name for a character uh, coming soon to a new 2.5D side-scroller game. Somebody make that for me. Tasby. Tasby's Adventures. Uh, th- th- this thing right here, you know, th- this is really a little creepy. Um, just to watch this without it actually being in like this right here. Oh boy. Wowzers. That's, uh, that's intriguing. Yeah. Huh. So I, I don't think he needs tried this out yet. And someone else is pointing out the Maya was the company that, uh, Facebook uh, bought. I think that's true. Oh, um, okay. Control well, that labs. answers a lot of questions then. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I get confused because there was a couple companies there, and they got acquired by different organizations. There was one company that got bought by Google, um, but yeah, Apple bought or uh, Facebook bought Control Labs, and they had uh, an early uh, wristband. And no, uh, yeah, um, Heaney's saying that Mayo sold their intellectual property to Control Labs, and then Control Labs got bought by Facebook. So ah. that's the lineage there. And um, see if there's any other commenters. Onakazi saying, I'd rather have everything be symmetrical, having it on both hands. And no, we have not gotten to try these latest ones. I think we've missed the demos on some of these things when they were before they got bought by the the big behemoths. Um, Hopefully we get to try them sometime soon. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the uh, struggles with not having the ability to go and get in a giant room full of 20,000 people and say, hey, let's all try this in sequential order and try to keep it clean in between. It kind of freaks me out a little bit right now, you know, got to admit. So, uh, all right, well, uh, anything more on controllers? 
I think we got the core. If let us know if you've got any any questions that we didn't get to here. The the one Heaney, if you could show the video, I suppose of yeah, there it is. So this uh, person has obviously a, a very different appendage than most people, um, and th- apparently Facebook was saying that uh, this person felt like you can see a full hand here inside uh, the computer. They were actually grasping with uh, dig- all five digits for the first time, and uh, that was uh, Facebook's researcher relaying what this person had uh, apparently experienced by using this hardware. And uh, I-, I come back to this again and again. Um, last year, uh, I brought uh, a deaf person into a VR experience with just Facebook's hand tracking and uh, had a couple other people who could actually sign uh, pretty well. And the hand tracking on current systems, it's, it's ta- this is a tacked on experience, right? The original headset for Quest didn't have hand tracking built in. It was added on later and you're using four grayscale cameras. And here was our video where a lot of hand signs uh, are gesturing from the body outward. And without the cameras pointed directly at the chest, this sort of communication system isn't great for uh, people who sign as their native main language. And so Facebook needs to build headsets or Apple needs to build headsets or Google or one of these companies needs to build headsets that are specifically tuned to serve uh you know to capture all of those movements in order mm-hmm. for these headsets to be uh, accessible and for this mode of communication to be completely accessible to uh people and i i reached out to facebook to ask them like what do you are you going to be designing your first i'm implying with my questions seeing how much i can get out of them they'll actually say but i want to find out are they going to build their future products around this interaction system are they going to try to make the headsets good enough that you could have a person who natively signs down in florida or in china or you know in england and have them be able to communicate with another signer in a whole nother part of the world and could you have a room with 10 different people in it all of whom can't hear but all all of them able to sign as naturally as if they were in the real world. That, I think, should be the bar for future generations of this technology. And that demo that we saw from Facebook of the wristband could be another piece of the puzzle of making Mm -hmm. this sort of thing uh, really work. So just a little side note there. Uh, My two older daughters uh, both... uh, no ASL American sign language. And, uh, I remember when you were first having this, you know, you wanted to see what my children thought about it. And, you know, I'll be honest, uh, we did finally, uh, get some, like, uh, some reasons why it's not quite up to par. Number one, you know, if you try doing, you know, sign language, you know, it's, there's a lot of finger overlapping and certain letters and things uh, that you can't really do right now because there's occlusion and stuff like that. But also, and this gets back to one of our previous uh, article or our previous news pieces, is that the, the facial tracking 
because yeah. when you when you do sign language, you do it's very emotive. You do you use your mouth and your and your face and you know everything, and it's it's difficult to get all of that when your head is just you know a, a you know <laughs> yeah. lollipop and in, in two white hands. You, you need more. So I, yeah. I think. I think having I think that was smart to have that level of question asked is like use this as a way to understand whether or not you got finger tracking right is if ASL is seamless. So, yeah, uh, Heaney, I don't know if you've got that tweet from the Control Labs researcher, but I, I retweeted it in my timeline where a Control Labs researcher was saying this is Control Labs is the company that Facebook acquired that is part of this technology that we're talking about here. And the tweet more or less suggested that all the hand tracking that we were seeing in these videos was not visual optical eye hand tracking. It was all coming from the wristband. Mm. So you, if you can accept that this wristband is getting really, 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 really good hand tracking, and then you theorize down the line that they put on the facial trackers to uh, get the face motions like you're saying, and then they combine the wristbands with what the headsets uh, control, uh, what the headsets um, cameras are seeing. Then you've got uh, what a piece of hardware for each wrist, in order to have theoretically perfect hand tracking, combined with the headset itself. So maybe you could get okay hand tracking just out of the headsets cameras, and then put these things on, and boom. Everything is there. You've got your, you've got the facial yep. motions via the facial tracker, and you've got uh, this fusion happening between what these provide and what the headset provides. And bam, maybe we could have ASL via VR. Yep, son, I got one word for you: sensor fusion. Oh, that's two words. I got one term for you: <laughs> sensor fusion. Sensor fusion is the future, folks. Definitely. Let me talk right. about these comments. Yeah. Big Show. Uh, Big Show, thank you for the donation again. Uh, Big Show saying, man, Facebook is doing so much VR and AR. This is Ready Player One type stuff. I hope Sony and Apple are doing the same. Love the show. Uh, and I think you're, the rest of your comic got cut off here, Big Show. Um, but uh, we are going – one of the other comments here is we are working towards having people come into the studio uh, we're, it's one of the things down the line where hopefully we can have a live audience inside VR. And yes, you, you've got occlusion of the hands. You can't cross over your fingers, smash reality talking about that. And that's one of the things, um, uh, that's, that's not quite there yet. Uh, with the things you were just talking about that Heaney, um, or uh, Kyle, sorry. Um, let's see. Yeah. Those are all the comments I'm seeing that we should respond to right now. Okay. All right. Well, then let's do the uh, last piece of news. The hopefully my final time to read something upside down. Yes, my notes are upside down this episode. So uh, here we go. Valve headset strap patent filing depicts wireless version. Valve Corporation filed a patent application for a VR headset, adjustable head strap, and one of its embodiments depicts a wireless unit okay well uh man wireless that's that's like the 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 hot feature that every headset nowadays has to have i mean if you're if you're if you're pumping out wired headsets right now uh go back to 2019 because that's yep. we just don't want that anymore 
Yep, I think the yeah the proof is sort of uh, in the the numbers of just how many people really want wireless. I remember talking to one of the wireless tech uh, people, a CEO of one of the wireless tech companies in um, 2018 ish. You know, as soon as wireless was out there, it was going to be a hundred percent adoption of wireless headsets, and the the that comment was. It was right and it was wrong because you don't want to be modding your PC again. Like people have already done enough to mod their PC. They've they've put in the graphics card. They built the PC. They want to be done with it. Uh, Yes, there's a certain selection of people who will put in new pieces into their PC, but just it's not a big percentage. It's not growing the market into the millions beyond uh, the gamer PCs out there, and so. Yes, we need wireless, but we need wireless that's really, really easy to use. And uh, attaching a, a piece to your motherboard is not is not the way. So uh, Heaney and I had uh, quite a lot of debate back and forth about this patent. Heaney uh, has read, blur- his eyes are blurry looking at patents over the years. You can't look at this and make any inferences about what Valve's product plans are going to be. This This is only, so what a patent does is they've got some general idea that they're trying to protect and get money for and make sure no one can copy. And what they do in the patent is they outline a dozen or two dozen different variations on this initial idea in order to make sure that no one can copy uh, any of the different variations on the idea. And so there was like standalone verbiage in this patent and yeah, one of these drawings showed this giant, massive piece on the back of the headset that mm-hmm. could house a lot of the hardware, battery, processor, antenna. They're talking about all these things being on the back and then wires bringing and communicating with the front of the headset. And maybe there being wires here or wires along the top. This is where the drill bits go into your skull. What well, they're and- you're being funny there, but like uh, you got to remember that Valve is uh, a member of the OpenBCI uh, yes. Brain Computer Interface Organization, and Beautiful it's, it's literally been described uh, as their OpenBCI uh, devices as being a modified VR head strap. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like uh, implied that perhaps. Um, the brain computer interfaces that we're looking at having in a couple of years are going to either work in tandem or alongside the straps that are being developed for VR headsets. Um, and I, I love this thing where they're actually showing that there's this uh, unit here that separates. Yeah, here's the open BCI device. that's very similar looking, but uh, on that last image, you've got uh, this cushion on the back of your skull that separates whatever processors and heat are produced mm-hmm. in this device That's smart yeah. from actually touching the back of your head. Well, I mean, there's so many different things that comes from this piece uh, attached here is, yeah, number one, I didn't actually think about the, the heat dispersion, getting it away from the back of your head. That's always good. You don't want to fry your medulla. Uh, but also that has to do something for you from a weight perspective as well. I mean, it's just weight. And balance, I mean, you know, after you wear something for like three hours, your head starts to fall down a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, this design, I mean, 
you know, I just I feel like there's some magic person out there who's going to come up with the perfect design for a headset one of these days. And this this is new. This is fun. I don't know. I don't. I'd have to try that before I'd be okay with it. But yeah. Well, it's it's interesting to think. So I just got finished saying we can't make we can't infer anything any product plans from these patent drawings. But I really seriously wonder if there's an indication that uh, Valve thinks there's more to do at the top end of VR. That $1,000 for an index all-in could just be the beginning. If they're mm-hmm. starting to put uh, all these sensors along the, the, the length of your skull in order to read your mind uh, more... Hmm intuitively than just inferring from your glasses uh what you're seeing with your eyes i love city morse has come a long way did you leave i think you might have left a comment on one of our articles saying that the same thing or at least on one of our other youtube videos where i love that where like uh here you are over in uh northwestern united states and i'm in the central of the united states and heaney who's running this broadcast is over in ireland and if you think back as like Morse code being the earliest form of being able to communicate over distance, here is where we are today. And these headsets that we're talking about now are the next steps. I love that. I, I love that comment. Um, let's see what other comments we have here. No, I don't think we're going to talk about Pimax right now. You think these are antennas, Ian? Right here and right here. Uh, I think they're dials for the strap. But in the patent, they did talk about having potentially an antenna on the front and an antenna on the back and then using a wire so that, you know, if you're not facing the device with the front of your head, they could use the antenna on the back and get a, a good signal that way. You, you know what the headsets need is the, the, the equivalent of power laces from Back to the Future 2. You just put the headset on and it just and it just sucks straight to your face exactly the way it's supposed to be. Now that I think about it, no, that's a bad idea because that malfunction is not going to be pretty. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, and I'm talking – Onikaze is commenting about how that little extendable arm could be broken and how uh, how easily it could mess up. Uh, yeah, every – that's kind of like the – there were a lot of people complaining about all the pieces inside of the index controllers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the the thumbstick issue that a lot of people were reporting and we reached out to Valve to try to verify, like, how significant is this issue? Because you've only got really one place to scream about when your products aren't working. And that's going straight to these subreddits for these these owners <sighs> and it, yep. uh, for these various communities. It's hard to gauge how widespread these issues are just from the volume of people coming to these sites. Um but uh, that's one of the things to comment about the Sony controllers. Like, how many moving parts are going to be inside of these Sony controllers? And how expensive will they be when you compare to the hundreds of dollars that the index controllers cost in order for them to work? You know, All right, Ian. There's a lot of things to deal with. So, very, very early preliminary. Do you think they'll sell the controller separate from the headset, or do you think it'll all be bundled together like it obviously should? That's a good question. I think it's got to be bundled. Uh, I don't think, I don't think Sony's gonna gonna try hand tracking only um, for 
hand tracking only with well uh, or game controller fought, you know with a, or game with a, yeah, yeah. With a mm-hmm. uh, it's not called dual shock uh dual sense if it's a dual sense controller with hand tracking i don't know maybe that would be maybe there's compelling stuff they could do with that i i don't know hmm, hmm. it's a good hmm. question let us know in the comments what you think of that that idea you think we're going to get a uh a Sony headset with hand tracking and DualSense interaction, or do you think they're going to go straight to these? It's a good question. And will they attach translucent boxing gloves? That's all. I'm obsessed with that. <laughs> I'm obsessed with that. I'm never going to let that go until I see that for sure. I need to see translucent or transparent boxing glove attachments for the uh, controllers. Okay, well, Ian, you know, this was uh, pretty good, even though my my pad was upside down. That was an interesting challenge. I appreciate that, Heaney. You got me. That's a good burn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we're going to keep doing these shows uh, twice weekly, once on uh, Monday and once on Thursdays. Uh, Ian and I kind of do more of the hardware stuff, and uh, the other guys – do more gaming and software things like that um yeah go ahead ian what were you gonna say i believe i'm gonna have a special episode on wednesday this week Ooh. i have been talking to daniel who is at push matrix on twitter to try to get him to come into the studio and we're gonna go through all of his nightmares uh live in our studio here so if you're unfamiliar with push matrix he's been putting out more or less viral videos for like more than a year now testing out hand tracking on quest devices and just putting out nightmare after nightmare where like each finger has little fingers coming out of it. And each time he moves a finger, all the little fingers on on the tip of every finger do things. He's been grading his fingers. I've got a Google drive folder that I've downloaded all of his nightmares and all of his prototypes. And uh, we're going to go through them on Stevie here and uh, talk about them. Is he the one that did the peel? Peel his fingers yeah. back with uh, yeah. this, like and string I've cheese. Seen, he's actually got a worse one than the peeling of the finger. Where uh, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to describe it, but it's even grosser because he's added more effects to it. And I begged him to put the grosser one into the Google Drive folder so that I could sh- show it no. to our viewers if our viewers were begging to be grossed out. And I don't know if they're going to be begging to be grossed out, so I won't show it if. Uh, the viewers don't really want to see it, but yeah, that he he not only did the peeling one, he also had grating the fingers with a cheese uh, grater. Uh, yeah. uh, are we gonna have to put a disclaimer? We're we gonna have to put a little TV fourteen up here. Uh, you know, uh, parental discretion is advised. Yeah, I don't know. All right, <laughs> so, craft gross us out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Get a real gross episode going. All right, folks. Well, as always, we want to encourage you to go check out UploadVR.com and our YouTube pages and our tweeters and our Facebookses and all of the fun stuff that we put out there for you daily. Uh, we're constantly putting new content out, and we uh, appreciate uh, and if you'd like this kind of quality programming to continue, we need your support. So like and subscribe and do all the fun stuff. Uh, I feel, sound like a PBS telethon here. <laughs> do you have anything else you'd like to add, Ian? Oh, just the commenters are cracking me up here. They're all saying that we can handle it, do it, gross us out. We all signed the waiver. Oh, geez. 
<laughs> okay. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Uh, our awesome audience. Yes. And uh, feel free to uh, leave comments after the fact. Obviously, we're done being live now, but leave comments. And if you're listening through the podcast, because you can, you can listen to all of this on all the major podcast, uh, you know, sources, however it is, if you're Spotify or Pandora or iHeartRadio or uh, I don't know, there's a million of them out there. And I'm subscribed to all of them. Ian, do you still listen to podcasts constantly? No, I only watch the show. I watch it only. I got to have the video. Oh, okay. All right. Well, hey, to each their own. That's why we give it to you in so many different formats. That way you can enjoy it in your own special way. We we haven't trolled Siri yet. You want to try trolling Siri for our show? Should I troll Siri? Hmm. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to have some repercussions if I do that. A lot of people have Apple phones. I mean, if I were to say something like, hey, Siri, open uploadvr.com, a lot of phones are going to go crazy. So I don't think I'm going to do that. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for watching this lovely episode. We'll see you in the future. Bye-bye.